The word of God that will serve as the basis for my message this morning comes from the Old Testament lesson previously read, specifically Numbers chapter 27, verses 12 through 14. Go up into this mountain of Abarim and see the land that I have given to the people of Israel. When you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was, because you rebelled against my word. So far, our text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, five years ago I had the immense privilege and great luxury of traveling through Europe for three weeks. And while I was there, I saw some pretty amazing sights. The birthplace of Mozart in the city of Salzburg, which is overlooked by a castle. I got to see the stunning mosaics, the golden mosaics of St. Mark's Basilica in Venice. And I got to see the, the towering spires of New Schwanstein Castle. I saw some other less impressive sights as well, including Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin. And if you've ever been to Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin, you know it's nothing t- worth looking at. There's nothing special about it. It's nothing more than a booth surrounded by a couple of sandbags. But, but the 20 minutes I spent there, I'll never forget. And it's because of an experience I had in a gift shop nearby. You see, while I was waiting for my tour partners to finish snapping photos of Checkpoint Charlie, I went into a gift shop and I picked up a book detailing the events of World War II and I start flipping through the pages stopping only to look at the pictures. And then I saw it. There in the lower left-hand corner, no more than three inches squared, expertly photographed in black and white and developed, was the single most depressing photo I have ever seen in my life. It was a picture of a field. And in the field, fading away into the distance like a scenic highway that disappears into the mountains on the horizon, was a line of dead bodies. Each body face down in the mud, hands awkwardly tied behind their backs, and a black pool of blood around each head like some grotesque halo. Except for two people in the foreground, a man and a woman, presumably a husband and a wife, And they were kneeling in the mud, the man in his overalls and the woman in her dress. And standing behind that man was a soldier with a muzzle of a rifle inches from the back of his head. He was seconds away from execution and his wife soon to follow. When I saw that photograph, my stomach constricted. There was a sinking feeling in my chest. My head was filled with questions and my heart begging for answers. Why? That picture offered no solutions. Not one. And try as I might, I cannot strike that image from my memory. And today's Old Testament lesson didn't help. Because today in our Old Testament lesson, we are given a snapshot of someone who is summoned to die. It's Moses. 
And it's interesting because it's, it's tucked in there, 12 verses tucked between 76 verses about the census, of, the census of Israel and the rights of the daughters of Zelophehad. And on the other side, 71 verses about offerings, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, Sabbath, festival offerings and Passover offerings. And tucked between these two segments of Scripture are these 12 verses of Moses being summoned to die. And the image that you and I receive is a lot like that World War II photograph. Because Moses is the last person to die in a long line of Israelites who died before him, stretching its way through the wilderness. This is the judgment of God. As promised in Numbers chapter 14. Do you remember the judgment of God in Numbers 14? Here's a short summary from chapter 14, verses 28 to 33. As I live, declares Yahweh, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness and of all your number who have grumbled against me. Not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness and your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness until the last of your dead bodies lies in the desert. Moses is next. Moses is last, and he has been summoned to die. Listen again to our Old Testament lesson. Go up into this mountain of Abarim and see the land that I have given to the people of Israel. When you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people, as your brother Aaron was, because you rebelled against my word. It, it's tragic, actually, that, that Moses isn't going to make it. He's been leading the children of Israel through the wilderness for 40 years. And now that they are on the cusp of entering and breaking into the promised land, Moses is going to die. They are this close. But he has summoned up a mountain to die. And before he dies, he's going to peer out from that peak. He's going to perceive the promised land and he will know the promise of God and that death will stop him short. And death can stop you short too. I think we all share the very real and legitimate fear that death is going to stop us short of reaching our goals. Our experiences have taught us to do so. The tragedy, the story of death has been told a million times in a million different ways. Ballads, ballets, poetry, prose, songs and musicals, it's everywhere. It's in fiction, the most popular of which is probably that of Romeo and Juliet. But there are the true stories to consider as well. The premature death of long-distance runner Prefontaine. The accidental overdose of fledgling actor Heath Ledger. The degenerative disease that killed Lou Gehrig, and the list can go on. Actually, the list does go on. Here, in this place, every day. Because you and I offer up a litany of prayers to God on behalf of bereaved families around the world. We pray for that couple that is suffering through a miscarriage, having been robbed of the opportunity to be parents. And we pray for the couple at the death of their grandmother or great-grandmother 
and how they have been robbed of the opportunity to serve and to care for her. Yes, you and I, we pray. It's a good thing to do. It's what Moses does. At least as is recorded in our text. But what's interesting about Moses is he doesn't pray for himself. He prays for the people of Israel. He does not want them to be as sheep that have no shepherd. And just like that, Yahweh answers Moses' prayer and he provides Joshua. And Joshua takes the Israelites and they break forth into the promised land. And it is a glorious, glorious thing. But you know what? Death followed. Everyone who made it into the promised land died in the promised land. Oh, and the generation after them? They died too. Just ask Joshua, or the judges, or Ruth, or Samuel, or the kings. Death stopped them all. Yeah, death has a pretty good track record of stopping people short. But only a pretty good track record. For you see, there, there once was this king, and he too was summoned up a mountain to die. Crucify him, the crowds shouted. And so Pontius Pilate hands Jesus over to the crowds. They call Christ up Calvary, and they crucify him. They murder him, and they put his limp, dead body in the ground, and once again for three days it appears as though death has stopped even the one they call Christ short. But this king, this king is different. Death did not deter him. And he gives us a brand new picture to consider. An early morning, a large stone rolled away from the entrance of an empty tomb, and there, a messenger from God arrayed in dazzling white, heralding these words, Do not be afraid. I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Christ's death and Christ's resurrection changes everything, beginning with the way that you and I look at death. Now, earlier this year, we gathered together as a community and we explored the pages of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together. And if you cracked open that cover and you started reading through the introduction, a couple paragraphs in, you were greeted with this quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Dietrich Bonhoeffer would have you know the reality that when Christ calls you, he summons you to death. But these aren't Bonhoeffer's words alone. These are the very words of Jesus Christ. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Matthew 16, 24. And he is echoing the words of St. Paul, Romans 6, 3 and 4. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death, 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. How poetic that through baptism, Christ summons us to death but gives us new life. We are no longer like Moses, perched on the peak of a mountain, overlooking the promises of God and having death stop us this short. No, in baptism, Christ reverses death and promises us an inheritance forever. St. Paul sang about it in his great resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And St. Peter was sure of it too. The God of all grace, who has called you into his eternal glory, will confirm, restore, strengthen, and establish you. 1 Peter 5.10 And you and I are sure of it too. Because it shows up in our creed. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And it's there in our prayers, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And yes, it has even made it into our hymns. Lord, let at last thine angels come. To Abraham's bosom bear me home, that I may die unfearing. And in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then from death awaken me that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, with prayer attend, with prayer attend, I will praise thee without end. Such is the picture that Christ gives to us when he summons us to die that we may live. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all human understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.